Folks, what is going on? Arm and Hammer here. The following is an interview with my buddy Anders Varner, who is one of the minds behind Barbell Shrugged, a super popular set of programming and podcasts and content and just a whole bunch of really cool stuff with Barbell Shrugged. But Anders and I have known each other for a long time, so it's very easy for us to just you know, shoot the stuff with each other, go back and forth, kind of banter about various things going on in the CrossFit space. And that is exactly what we spend most of this episode doing. But the back half of the episode, we spend talking about something really fascinating, which is Barbell Shrugged has partnered with Walmart for physical distribution of their specific programs. So they created these strength programs and cardio programs and uh, fat loss programs that will be sold at physical locations for Walmart as well as walmart.com, which is the first time I've ever heard of anything like this, of you know actual programming, true vetted strength and conditioning programming, like actual real stuff being available to purchase in the general population, not just something that you scroll by on Instagram or stumble onto on YouTube. So that's a really exciting move forward. The story of how it comes together is really fascinating as well. Overall, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation that we have. Uh, Anders is hilarious. We've both been in this space basically forever. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of fun to have. And I think you guys are going to have that fun with us. Enjoy. I'll see you very soon. Take care. Elephant in the room, Anders. What did you Why do am I in a sling, huh? So good because I get to talk about Walmart just right away. <laughs> um, um, yeah, last week, there's two things that happen in Northwest Arkansas, right? One of them is Bentonville, the home of Walmart, and the other is mountain biking. And we did both of those last week for three days. And I've never been mountain biking before. And I was not even trying to be cool. Um, not even feeling like super confident. But I went over this little tiny jump on a tabletop. I was supposed to just go up, go flat, go down. And when I went up, it, the little lip like popped my back tire up. And um, the super amateur I am just slammed the brakes, realizing that I was about to go down on my front tire only. And there was a 100% chance I was going over the handlebars. When in actuality, I should have just rode it out and my back tire would have caught up. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I slammed the brakes and I dropped about eight foot right onto my left shoulder. Oh. Um, and this is the gross part if you really want to get into it. Yeah, my, it to me. Uh, my, the, the ball and socket dropped out of my shoulder like two inches. No. You could see like a legit L in my t-shirt. Um, and I was like, I stood up and I was like 100% certain that I snapped my collarbone. And then... Doug like started feeling it and I it was odd because I wasn't really in like a lot of pain um so I I, I was like kind of confused because it was so gnarly that I was like positive something was really jacked up and then um he he like felt around he's like dude you didn't break your collarbone there's something like you probably just separated your shoulder like there's probably some stuff torn in there you gotta we'll figure it out um on the way to the hospital though i felt all the tissues that were like stretched starting to contract so that two inch like l that was my shoulder kind of like just started pulling back up into the socket yeah and it was like funky feeling and I, nothing happened like i mean i shouldn't say nothing happened i've been in like pretty good pain for the last week or so but um yeah I just since his pain anders come on yeah in comparison to what i was expecting uh a sprained ac joint it's pretty pretty good dropping 195 pounds on one shoulder from eight foot up so no no surgery no broken bones no torn uh soft tissue no i keep looking for this is uh for uh, for all all you hardcore strength athletes out there um i actually 
have this like half-baked thought that like 20 something years of lifting weights your body's just kind of prepared for one fatal blow to the shoulder <laughs> that would just cripple most people yet all of the tissues were just like it just stopped so and like kept my arm in place you've got 20 more years of training before you can get get into another wreck like that on a mountain bike huh yeah right now it's at that it's so weird because I've, I've never it currently right now feels like it did for about 40 percent of my crossfit career I like, was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say like, God forbid you, you go head over, you go head over heels on the first, on the, on the, over the front bike on like an eight foot drop, your shoulder survives it. But if you do too many kipping pull-ups in a month, goodbye labrum. It's kind of like doing like the, uh, those ascending ladder friends in the open. So you could like hopefully get it one place higher. I don't know why my shoulder hurts. I did 300 butterfly <laughs> chest of ours this week. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude. Well, you know what? I feel like this is a resounding endorsement for like the dad bod programming thing you're doing these days. Like I look, I honestly, you know, I, I am not necessarily low on motivation to like get in the gym and, and yeah. hurt my feelings. But uh, there's there's some super dope stuff. Like I see you do like, you know, the sandbag good mornings and stuff or like, you know, you start doing cleans. I'm like, man, I wish I could go do some cleans right now. Like put all my stuff yeah. down, run into the garage, <laughs> start loading up some barbells. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, that whole – it's really hard to um, – man, it's so hard to really have the motivation um, and that sounds ridiculous because we're like professionals in this industry, but that makes it even harder because we're already talking about it for 10 hours a day. I'm writing about it. I'm talking about it. I'm doing podcasts about it. The last thing I want to do when I have like an hour of free time. So, I mean, that's, that's really like the basis of so much of what I'm trying to do and the stuff that I do in the morning, I call it like the diesel dad 100 is like. I just want to wake up and get a hundred reps of something in because if I can do that, then I feel like less, it's like less anxiety about training because I'm, I'm checking the box and I did it. It's like medium intensity. I'm, I'm, I don't know. There's, there's just something about doing it first thing in the morning that really like gets it out of the way. And, um, and then that allows me to like three days a week, feel good about a moderate training session. Um, yeah. Go for a run once a week but I don't have anything specific that I'm training for. I don't want to train for anything specific. I just, uh, I just like, I like working out, but when you just like working out, it's, uh, it's very unimpressive. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting way of putting it because there's been, you know, my, my, my experience, your experience, many people's experience, yeah. especially uh, sort of, cutting our teeth in CrossFit has been this idea of like chase that raw performance. If you're, if you're not getting fitter, you're getting fatter or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's, that's a shirt somewhere, but <laughs> the, the, the idea of, you know, just putting in the work, staying healthy and being resilient to life's unexpected yeah. surprises is it, it's just, it's hard to measure. So people don't have like that sexy feeling of like, I PR'd something today. Like, well, maybe the thing you PR'd is being a normal, healthy, functioning adult today. I, lo I love thinking about like just the idea of progressive overload and that it's just, I did it another day. Yesterday I trained for my 1000th day and today was my 1001. Like I, I just, that's just what, it is now like I just keep checking the box I stay outside of ridiculous accidents like I created in my brain that little diesel dad character because I just needed in a way some sort of not like I don't need like an identity but in a way like I'm a crossfitter I'm a bodybuilder I train for this I train for that I'm like I'm just trying to be that dude that has a garage gym and when the neighborhood mom walks by and I'm like front squatting 225 and she thinks I'm a savage. I'm not. I'm just 
like a regular dad. I just happen to be way more jacked than your husband. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can definitely vibe with that. I can definitely vibe with that. You know, like I, even this morning, so like I do jujitsu. That's my way of getting outside of the, you know, like constantly thinking about CrossFit and constantly thinking about like, what am I going to do in the open? Like, I don't care about being that great at toes to bar anymore. So yeah. it's, it's good because it lets me focus on, all right, so what do I need to be effective on the mats? Like I got to have yeah. great conditioning and I have to be pretty strong and everything else is, you know, kind of about durability at that point. So it yeah. helps me like frame what I'm doing on a regular basis, much easier than just constantly thinking about like, okay, well, if I want to get better at CrossFit, well, I would have to do, you know, uh, aerobic capacity work six days a week in the mornings. And then uh, in the evenings, I would have to do strength work and, you know, skill work in my gymnastics and make sure that I'm doing like two or three Metcons along with those sessions. And that is a nightmare. I don't yeah. want to train for 25 hours a week. Like that's not, that's not my, that's not what I want yeah. to be spending my time doing. Yeah. And yeah, that, that idea of, of having the, you know, the thing, I love that diesel dad. It's like, you're, that's the thing, right? Cause like, you can't just say, oh, I work out. What does that yeah. even mean? That means like a million different things to everybody. Yeah. And it's like, I, so the way that my house is set up, like my beautiful suburban neighborhood here has an exactly 0.97 one mile loop around it. Um, so not only is it like, a one mile loop, but it's like everybody in the neighborhood is always walking around and I've built my office slash studio slash gym and I have all the studio lights set up in here. So they think I'm some freak of nature, but that's like really cool. And it's like, I'm just this normal guy. It's just 20 years prior to this, I started lifting weights and now I do it different. I'm just it's like just you. Different. I put, I put my pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> and it's like, it's so unimpressive what I feel like I'm doing. But if you only took a snapshot of somebody like doing a power clean with 245 and then dropping a barbell in their gym, it's so out of this world for so many people. But in our world, it's like so average. Dude, I actually saw you snatch 245 or something like this like six months ago. Yeah, like last year. It was the most impressive snatch. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no, that's like a world record to me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I have no idea how you mentally walked up to the bar and thought, I'm going to smoke this and then actually did it. Dude, would you believe me if I told you I hadn't snatched more than like maybe 135 in a year up until that point? Oh my gosh. I have to tell you such a funny story. <laughs> so I'm at Travis Mash's gym pre-COVID. I want to say this is like January and Hunter Elam is in town. Um, and I'm just like talking shit for no reason. Cause she's like number one in her weight class in the country. I'm some old dude that whatever. And I'm just running my mouth. And I was like, whatever it is, like, I'm going to out snatch you today. And she was like, well, why don't you just try and hit my opener? And I was like, what is that? She goes 225. And I was like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> And I'm like running my mouth, but in the back of my head, I'm like, shit, I got to hit two and a quarter today just to not look like a total loser. And I missed the next lift at like 198. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. It was like the most cliche, like rushed setup, bang the bar with your hips, like you never even got up to your chest. Like I just, the whole thing was like my first snatch ever. And she just looked at me and was like, Oh really? You're going to hit two two twenty five today. That's great. Real, that's cute. And I, and I actually, I snatched two thirty two. Nice. I couldn't, I haven't put that kind of weight on a bar in so long. And I just, I like hit it and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to exit the gym. <laughs> maybe forever. <laughs> I hope I never get myself in a situation like this again. Uh, I, I gotta say that was, that was one of the most surprising lifts of my life. You know, I, so I was in, um, I was in Fallon. So I was at Sean Sweeney's spot and yeah. they were doing some like prep. Um, and so one of the things they did was like that snatch ladder and he trains with some, he trains with some like heavy hitters, but 
I can't hang on like conditioning workouts with them. They're doing like dumbbell snatches and box burpee box jumps and stuff. Like get get out of here with that shit. Yeah. But like the snatch ladder, I was like, at least I could make it through part of this. And it ended up being just like me and him, I think, at the end that were like there. Maybe one other person was like getting into those heavy barbells. I was like, guys, I might explode. Like you might get a kneecap in the face at this point. <laughs> like, I, I have no overhead mobility anymore. My hips are super locked up. Like yeah. my calves are super tight. This is going to be like just, you know, swinging for the fences and pray we hit something. And it worked. It, it just, it worked. So I'll, I was I'll take so that. impressed. I saw it and I was just like, damn, that dude must be training hard. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, that's my best snatch ever. And you just walked up to it with no training. <laughs> I, like I've seen your videos. It's not like you're like on a, like on program right now. <laughs> Every time I hear somebody, they're like, well, my programs, I'm like, dude, you're how old are you and you're on program aren't you just happy to be here right now yeah like, you have expectations what are you <laughs> doing how is this a thing it is it i i still i still sometimes uh get people you know like program shopping through me like asking me oh what do you think of this what do you think of that i'm like i, I don't care about any of it which one are you going to do multiple times a week whatever it doesn't matter whatever whichever one you're going to do is the one that's most important yeah. and don't think you're going to be good at this. That's that, those are the two biggest things I can offer you in terms of programs. Everything that we put out now is written for people like us because everything else feels so like just inauthentic. Like if I was to write the whatever program where it's like, I need you to do the morning conditioning. Plus I need you to do the strength cycle plus the only cycle. Plus we're going to spend some an imam with your gymnastic skills and then you're like what no way no. please don't call me asking for questions because i don't even know what i put on the paper yeah if you uh, if you write that it's like anders has been kidnapped he's in danger <laughs> that's his coded way of asking for help exactly come get i'm getting you in shape to break me out come get uh, me <laughs> <laughs> like ever, all of our best selling stuff right now is like 20 minute imams of just moving and feeling good absolutely like hypertrophy and it's because our audience has changed so much from uh you know not just us but all of the audience that's been around for so long it's like dude they all have kids they're all dads they're all busy if you're if you're doing the same program today that you were doing when you're 27 what in the world has nothing changed in your life you have the same priorities how like what, what is good what are you doing? Are, listen, there's, there is, uh, there, there is the the person. There's the person to whom that applies that can pull that off. Maybe like three of them, and they all make a lot of money doing yeah. exactly that. So that if is... you can, <laughs> if you can do it, how about uh, a good friend of mine, Jen Ryan? She won the Masters Women forty five. I want to say this year. Every time I talk to her on the phone, I'm like, how? You've been doing CrossFit for like 17 years now. Yeah. And you're still getting better. And you still literally like put in the time. How can you do another wall ball? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's so awesome. She does everything you need to do to be the best in the world in her age group. And she trains with Lauren Fisher. I'm like, I just, I, I'm like, can you just give me a little tiny bit of that? Because that would be so rad to the, have that level of consistency. Yeah, the the uh, the headspace it takes to get in the gym and suffer for like a decade, literally yeah. a decade, every single day is, a, it's astonishing. I don't know how else to describe it. It is astonishing. I, I mean, even Rich... Like you spend time around that guy. I don't know how he wakes up and goes, well, I got to work out at least three hours today. <laughs> he, like, I, how? I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's such an anomaly. The time that I've spent with him is limited. Of course. Like, you know, I don't, I don't live out there. I don't train out yeah. there. I've spent some time with him, but he is, it's so it's so strange. It is, it is mind blowing to me that that man like does not 
take any days where he's not working out at least twice a day. If it's not both a morning and evening session, it's like one very long session. And he probably hates doing that because it means that he has to do other stuff during the other time of the day that he doesn't want to do. Have you absurd? Sometime, uh, I'll like turn on the Mayhem YouTube channel, and like this is the part that really he does like real warm ups still. Yeah, like just the little tiny things. Like if somebody were to really see what my warm up looks like, be like, you know what it is? Like seventy percent for a single, and then I better be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I remember. Uh... I asked him about that. I actually asked him, I was like, hey man, do you spend like more or less time warming up now than you did before? And he's like, I spend about the same amount of time, except I focus more on like specific things like on my shoulder or on my hip. And to to me, that is the, the fact that he has, and any of those athletes have the ability to just deal with how crushingly boring it is to warm up, to work out the way they work out. It is mind-blowing that they get through that. I mean, that's probably yeah. what separates them in terms of just every single day consistency is like, oh, you know, well, I'm actually going to warm up for this thing. I'm not just going to show up and start the clock and do, you know, part one of 11 parts of this training session. Yeah. I, I love how far all of that has come. The fact that he still made the games this year and – is what tw- 10 110 years, years in a old. row? <laughs> I have no idea. It's so impressive. Rich's Rich's body is is like you know twenty nine, and his knees are two hundred and eight years old. <laughs> oh just, my god! Have just, you ever talked to him about that? Like, dude, tell me the truth. You feel like shit all the time, don't you? <laughs> like, have you have you ever had sex with your wife? Because, <laughs> like, you have to come home feeling awful and tired all the time. I think I think the closest I've ever gotten to having a conversation like that with him is he he brought up he was like, you know, uh he was talking about Haley. He was talking about seeing Haley train and and what like she's learning from being around the crew, yeah. specifically around him. And I think he mentioned something like, "Man, Dan and I were so stupid back then." And I was like, "Yeah. Yeah, you guys were dumb like what are you thinking was gonna happen like your bodies are look at dan bailey right now he looks like the terminator and he is made of glass that is yeah that's the only thing they like that's the that's the end result there isn't anything else left in there and it's like god bless his soul the man's doing what he can and he's still incredibly fit but he's like he's literally a glass cannon like any wrong move and he's just going to shatter into a thousand pieces i I remember when he got his, it was like, it had to have been a second knee replaced or whatever surgery he came back from. And he had already taken like two years off or something. And CrossFit came out with like the media and it was like, Dan Bailey's back. And I was like, back to what? He can't walk. And you think he's going to go out there with those freaks that were 23 and now they're 25? And he was on, no. Yeah. But that guy is just start your youtube channel let's go he had he had a few seasons in a row it was like foot knee and both shoulders in like one season i was like okay dude what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing sir uh i love how advanced it's all gotten though it's crazy i i don't i don't know anybody's name anymore i i think that's probably a healthy thing for especially like where you're at like you're talking about you know writing programs for yourself pretty much like you are the prototype of what you're trying to do and that that makes total sense to me because that's how i look at a lot of our content has been like that i know you share this philosophy and this is something that i've talked about on the channel is like idea like hey i make stuff that i don't see out there that i would want to watch or listen to and i know that if i care about it there's at least some other people that care about it and the idea of like you know, not everybody needs to be like plugged into the matrix of what is going on with the 32nd fittest person in Bulgaria. You know, it's not necessary. It really is not necessary. It's so funny, dude, you're, when you were on the podcast, you were like the, 
it's so funny that I am on Barbell Shrugged because I never listened to Shrugged. Like the first time they interviewed me about like what I thought Shrugged was and all this stuff. And I was like, uh, sorry guys, you were out on the East Coast and Wadcast Podcast was covering all SoCal region. And that is the only thing that mattered to me in the entire world. Like I never really listened to the show because you guys like covered our region. Yeah. And that we you had all the athletes on and all that stuff. So everything that happened outside that was just like it, it never even crossed my mind. It's like so much better to have that like authentic conversation of the thing that you care about. Um, it's really interesting. And look yeah. at you now, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Shrugged, Mr. Anders Shrugged. Legally changed your name so, and everything. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Change my Instagram handle. It's better. Uh tell me tell me about so like you texted me about this like Walmart thing and yeah. it's kind of blowing my mind. Like I, yeah. I, I could not be more excited for you and more proud of you. Thanks. Tell me a little bit about what this is. Um yeah, so it's such a it's such a if all of the stars aligned in, in one specific way to get something to happen in your life, it's just I couldn't imagine it being any more than what this is right now, especially assuming that we go and just smash um, and, and really change the way that people in Walmart are shopping for program or understanding strength training. But um, uh, most people kind of know that I trained with John Cena for four years uh, when I had my gym in, in San Diego and I'm by far more distant from him now than I ever have been outside of like, Hey, I'm up to this thing. I just want to say what's up, blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, everything that we did over those four years, I've just kind of built trust with him that if some cool thing happens and there's a space for a fitness person that he knows will do a good job, my name comes up and he, he throws me into the hat. So there's this really cool nonprofit organization called FitOps, the FitOps Foundation. Uh, that happens to be in Bentonville, Arkansas, where they're buying this massive piece of land and it's for military vets with PTSD as they transfer transition out of the military and into the civilian life, giving them like a purpose in fitness. Um, for endless reasons, mental health is such a big problem and Cena jumped on board to this, helped them raise a bunch of money to kind of get the foundation started and connect them with a ton of people. and. Uh, so for the last class that they ran, so February, late February, I got invited down to do a bunch of shows, interviewed the CEO, um, and just talk to them about a career in fitness and, and what does it mean? And I interviewed, I spent more time just in tears listening to these people's stories um, and just being, you know, I, I have this like talk written like here's how you make it here's all these like steps and being a good blah 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 and by the time I got up I was just like completely leveled by these people's stories where I just could not sit there and tell them that it was going to be some easy road and that you were just going to get kicked all the time and you're just going to work your ass off and hopefully it would work out and if you did enough things right that maybe you'd be lucky to catch a few breaks and, and make some money and be able to do it and continue to build on that. And, you know, everything you're learning in this class is just, it's step zero until you actually get a client. And then you figure out how to, how to sell things and talk to people and actually be good enough to be a professional at something. And in the audience was this guy from Walmart. I didn't know who he was. And later that night, of course, like we always do during certifications and, and things of such, you have to have a big lift off because why wouldn't you? Um, and I'm sharing a barbell with this kid and I have no idea who he is. And by the end of the session, it comes out, we're like snatch clean one RMs and he moves really well. He lift, snatched like 220, something like that. It was fantastic. Um, and I was like, so what do you do, man? Like, we've just lifted together for two hours. Like, what's your, what's your story? And he was like, well, I, uh, I'm the global buyer for performance nutrition for Walmart. And I go, Oh, okay. 
Sick. Well, I'll see you next time. Um. Yeah. It's like, and I go, so how come you don't have training programs next to the protein? It doesn't make any sense. He goes, I don't know. Write them. Tell me what it looks like. I was like, oh, I guess I got to do that. I, I kind of assumed if I was ever going to pitch something to Walmart, which I'd never really assumed, I'd be like on the plane going down there. There'd be like a bunch of old guys with suits and long, too long of ties. And some room, we're trying to convince somebody that fitness is important. I'm just speaking another language. And uh, little did I know that the guy that runs the performance nutrition section in Walmart for the entire world snatches 220 and happens to have been a Barbell Shrugged listener for the last eight years um, and has bought our programs and has basically just followed along. And that is awesome. So we immediately had the trust. We immediately connected on just what real strength training is. Um, if we were to do it, like he knew the product and what we would put into it. Uh, and that began the eight month journey to finding out how bad our product was and that Walmart is designed to work with Coca-Cola and Barbell Shrug coming in to learn a language of Coca-Cola is really hard. Uh, just the number of systems and structures and barriers to break down and going from teaching squats and deadlifts to finding like barcodes and serial numbers and processes like that is, is it's a big leap. Plus now I'm in the business of like finding displays and finding models and finding how am I going to, how am I going to take like our product and, and actually make it something that's purchasable in a Walmart store. Um, so what we came up with was our standard ebook that we sell for $47. We're putting it on the shelves for $9.48. And the way that we're able to do that is because we are, so we have a display with three programs on them for the three biggest goals that people have fat loss, conditioning, uh, or cardio and muscle gain. And you take the card, it prints you a serial code as soon as you pay for it. And then you go to our website, put your serial code in, and then it shoots you the ebook. So we're able to keep our price point under $10. Um, you know, it's interesting because Walmart doesn't at any point tell you what your margins are going to be. There's like, I, I've caught no, at no point have they said, don't do this, or that's too much, or we need to restrict this. It's been 100% as like, business as you can imagine the problem is is that if my original goal was to sell our programs at like 60 percent off which would be 19 dollars, something like that but if you go to the shelves i can't have like basically a gift card for a fitness program be the second most expensive thing next to the protein right so you have to, like, I, I went into the stores, I did a bunch of research, I like watched people shop and saw their like buying patterns and um, the amount of learning that has gone on in the last eight months has just been really, really cool because these people, there is no game plan. There's, we have, we're, not, we're not up against anybody on the shelves. Mm -hmm. Our only competition is making sure that we have a good product at a good price point that's easy to purchase. Um, and that's a process that took us a long time. And on top of that, like finding people that are going to be able to print actual high quality stuff, get it on the shelves for us, making sure that the business model works. There's, there's so many different layers to it. Um, but in three weeks, we land in 20 stores in San Diego, Vegas, LA, and we're also launching on walmart.com. Um, and there's like, man, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. One, like just the storyline of how many things had to happen and how many people I had to meet to get into the room, to actually be there, to be the voice of the show that the guy listened to for so long. Um, and then the process of getting in, 
just so we can get on the shelves yeah is it's like right now it's it's uh it's it's all of your life all in one thing it sounds like it 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 could almost have been like a fun process of like jumping into being a complete novice to building this like physical product and how do you meld something that's like completely scalable by design on the internet and into you know a footprint of probably i don't know it's like it's gonna be on the shelves or it's gonna be one of those like footprints like next to where the uh next to where the the protein is like you have to make that decision or figure out what what parameters you can work in and you know what catches people's eye what icon what iconography do you use like you know symbolize the different types of things that you want people to understand like even if they don't read it they just immediately get like oh this is for me to get jacked and this is for me not be jacked anymore and get lean and this one's for me to like run forever we we actually use our videographer as the model for um the the get strong muscle building program and I showed it to my dad and he goes, why'd you use somebody that's so jacked? And I was like, <laughs> dad, that's my smallest friend. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe on the next one, you'll find someone maybe a little leaner. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can find those people. <laughs> I don't know if I know them. Like, I don't know them. They're all, all my friends are jacked. <laughs> I was like, an embarrassment uh, of riches. Um, but it's also been really cool because there's, there's no playbook on the Walmart side. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're following a template. Like if we came in as a protein supplement, there's, there's 15 of those on the shelves they go, well, here's the checklist a through, you know, D to get on the shelves. And this is the price point. This is, um, this doesn't exist anywhere. Can I, can I make, I mean, listen, this is, this is obviously a public conversation, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. And yeah. if you want to do something about it, you can, and if someone else <laughs> wants to do something about it, then you, you already have a head start. So either yeah. way, uh, I think it would be super dope if, you know, you, you know, there's like that wall of gift cards, like here's your Applebee's gift card. Here's your American express gift card. It would be super dope if there was something like that, but it was essentially drop shipping, uh, equipment. It's like, here's the card and the card has a picture of like a rack, a barbell and, you know, 225 pounds worth of plates. And there you go. And it's like, you take that along with your program and you check out and like, you know, you get the exact same thing you just described, a little code you put in and two weeks later, you have yourself all your equipment and your program. Um, I would like to answer that in the manner that when you announce you're going into walmart it's really interesting how many ideas flood to your dms <laughs> so i have i'm like i'm like not i'm like not at all like treading new water here i'm just like hey hey andrew <laughs> no check it out, bro. that one the 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 <laughs> i i they're all like friends and they're good people so I, there's nothing like wrong with them but they're like you ready for that supplement line I'm like <laughs> how about i make a sale yeah I, yeah that's like, a good point we that's should probably point. start that conversation now and i'm like no you don't get it i haven't even put a product on the shelf yet let me sell like ten thousand of these and then we'll figure it out <laughs> um but no the equipment one um i'm i'm really hoping that we will there's, there's so many different layers to all of it. Um, and the way that the, the system is set up, there's opportunities to, you know, and, and how we set up kind of the, the card, basically a gift card for an ebook. Um, and man, the ebook thing is so genius in that it keeps our costs so low. Like it's already just a part of our business. So we're not having to go build out some massive structure. We just had to add the serial code so when they they print it at the receipt it just we had to build in the serial code piece to our website Mm -hmm. um but that allows us i mean as far as like a getting a 30-day program six-week program six weeks of grocery lists six weeks of meal prep six weeks of recipes like i kind of look at this thing and i'm like how are we only selling this thing for 948 that's super cheap insane and that was like really the biggest thing is in a way when you're doing it as barbell shrug and we are doing it as barbell shrug, but to our audience, it's like you, your price kind of simulates the value that you're going to get in it. If you want it to be 
a $47 product. Um, and what the majority of the strength world sees as a $47 product. When you go in there, I don't think many people understand what a $47 product would be. Um, so making it as easy as possible to purchase was super important. Yeah. Um, have you gotten, I mean, is this something where, you know, if people who had like purchased it at $47 been like, what the F Anders, come on, bro. They're brand new programs. Okay. We're well, only selling them in Walmart. There you go. Perfect. That's a good way. Uh, of, that's a good way of getting around. Yeah. That. We're, we're only selling them there and on com. So, um, yeah, we thought about putting some old programs in there. I shouldn't say old, but like just some some very accessible programs in there. And none of it, I shouldn't say none of it fits, but none of it, like it, it was all aimed at a different person. It's all aimed at somebody that's been training, you know, one to three years, maybe even two to four years. That's just kind of like looking for a little bump in performance, a six week program for only lifting or squat focus stuff. Um, and this stuff is very, uh, beginner intermediate. Maybe you've been training for a year and you're looking to be on an actual program. Maybe you're at planet fitness and you've been kind of just doing the machines, but looking for something. I mean, that's going to be the audience is somebody that's spending 10 bucks a month at planet fitness. So how do you get those people on a real strength program? Like the number of times you walk into like a target a Walmart, a Dick Sporting Goods, like some of those big retailers, and you see the products that get sold there, and you go, what in the world are these people getting sold? Like, this is awful. The fact that they're taking a risk and like putting a company that's kind of been known for strength and conditioning on the shelves is really cool. Like, yeah. there's real programs going to a, a group of people that may have never yeah, even like seen it before effective programs written by professional coaches who have done yeah. this professionally for a long time, as opposed yeah. to like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I screenshot it, you know, occasionally Instagram will serve me these ads for like the newfangled, you know, fitness tool. Yeah. I shit you not Anders. The worst product I've ever seen was served to me on an Instagram ad and I could not, it was a, a kettlebell that you have to charge. It was a, it was a plug a, in. It was no, it has its own little base station. Like, a, like a, <laughs> it has, it's a kettlebell, a battery powered kettlebell that you have to charge. And I nearly shit myself. I was like, uh, how did this product ever make it past someone's like, just the, the like very convoluted thought process of what if my kettlebell had electric power to it somehow. <laughs> How did you even produce it and then have any serious conversations selling the idea to anybody? And it blew my mind. So, you know, unless, listen, unless Barbell Shrug comes out with, you know, uh, some sort of... Uh, Nobody's DMing me about that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, you got to do the battery-powered barbell. You have to charge the barbell. You plug it in every night in your kitchen, like that one plug yeah. that everything <laughs> plugged into that one outlet that everything's plugged into. Yeah, you have to move like the the uh, you remove like the air purifier plug out of it so you can open up your barbell plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where where a lot of that stuff comes from, like or what the goal is behind that, but um, it's nice that they it's it's really cool seeing the inner workings at just the level that I do of what um, like there's a guy in charge of performance nutrition. That's is the biggest buyer and seller of supplements that has been listening to our show for eight years. That's pretty he, cool. He knows what's going on. You can't listen to our show twice a week and not at least have some idea of consistent messages that have, come through over eight years like yeah. he he knows how to run that section and his his goal plus walmart's doing weird stuff right they we were down there last week and we filmed the show in the very first what is being beta tested as a walmart clinic and in that clinic is a personal trainer that is teaching fitness to people that are coming in and it's the only one that exists right now. I, I doubt there's going to be like 5,500 
Walmart clinics, especially at some of these like very remote places, there probably just isn't enough volume in there to, to make it work. But the fact that they know the people of Walmart exists and there isn't a CEO or a C-suite anybody in this country anymore that isn't taking their health and fitness incredibly seriously. Like the word's out, you, you have to train and they're probably doing some sort of CrossFit type thing. Um, whether they're doing it at, at the gym, on their own, whatever it is, but they're in a well-thought-out strength program. Mm -hmm. And they're hiring people that for the section that matters in health and fitness of a person that really knows what's going on. And they're beta testing this clinic that has a personal trainer in it. And as, a, as like a, a business and a corporation that's responsible for so many people's lives, it's super important for them to not have the people of Walmart be the culture that is what people see. And from everything we could tell, dude, I went into a Walmart down there that was like the most baller Walmart you've ever seen in your life. There was not a single item on the floor. It was so mocked and pretty. <laughs> you walked in and it had like Whole Foods lights. Whoa. It was insane. And then the clinic, the like Walmart clinic that had all the doctors and everything, and then the, the personal trainer in it, you came through that door and it was like, bam, right into the pharmacy. And in the pharmacy, everything's like laid out, it's perfect. And that's where all of our stuff is going to be. And I was just like, whoa, this is so legit. Like, granted, this is the hub, like the Walmart. Yeah. But it was so cool to see like, this is the vision. This is what it's supposed to look like. And if they can continue to build that message and, and kind of in a way push the market, you know, they're, we kept being told over and over again, cause like I walk in there and I'm like, we could have programs here and we could have programs here. Why don't we just put them on a wall over here? That'd be cool. And everybody was just like, look, we're going to make this thing work, but this is like legit turning the Titanic. It is a long process. There's a lot of stores. You got to get a lot of buy-in from a lot of people. We have to like, it, it's just the whole culture of everything is shifting. But in order to shift the largest retailer in the world, it just takes a lot of time. But they're doing it. And it was really, when you're at the center, it was really easy to see all the stuff that is actually taking place to make those changes. Yeah. That is super exciting. We're going to have to, we're going to have to reconnect after it launches. So you can like celebrate having sold, you know, like 2 million programs in <laughs> a month or something. Like that. Dude, I <laughs> keep making the joke that I'm going to be the next Bill, uh, Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks. <laughs> yes. yes. I, Dude. Even, I was like, this is the probably since Tybo came out. Or like Beachbody, they probably sold Beachbody DVDs in there. I have, is it it's still on my shelves? No, it's not on a shelf. It must be in my closet. I have, uh, I have an old school uh, uh, VHS plus like AB machine thing nice. in the closet that I got uh, from from like a Secret Santa, like a white elephant Secret Santa thing. I'm keeping this for sure. Oh, 100%. Time every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you've got to do, if it's, even if it's just like an April Fool's joke, you've got to make like a, the Anders VHS, the Anders Shrugged VHS. Of like You're like on the cover wearing the spandex. <laughs> it's got like the 80s, like neon colors and stuff. Dude. Uh, man, it's, uh, it's super interesting. Where, uh... Dude, I don't know. It's Walmart, man. I feel like I, I don't know. It's so wild to think how there's so many different things. I was talking to Kenny Kane yesterday, Sunday, and you know, his whole thing. I talked to Kenny on like a, a real human level because you can't talk to him on any other level. He'll just that break correct. that down real quick. Yeah. Um, Kenny don't play no games. No, he doesn't have time for that. He's got too many kids. He's got things going on. Um, but like the last show we did with him was about just this whole CrossFit LA or Oak Park leaving social media and um, being a dad, having a family, um, like you're married now and 
dude, how awful is it sometimes when you're like on your phone and you feel like you have to update Instagram? You like have to do all this stuff because it's your business and it's your, it's just, you're feeding the feed. And I've, I've been very just aware of this stuff since getting married, having a kid. It wasn't as bad until I became a dad um, because then you're like making really weird choices and your kid's watching you like fucking type on Instagram, which is so ridiculous. Um, and one second, honey, daddy's got to interact with the black mirror. <laughs> right. It's not even a real person. It's a bot, but he's sending fire emojis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I talked to Kenny on Sunday and I was just like, man, I feel like this is happening to me specifically because I'm just, I'm so torn between Kenny's message and him breaking out and saying, we're just not doing social media anymore. And, um, having a, a distribution channel that isn't online. I mean, it is online, but it isn't about how cool can I look or my new post and playing ad rev games and, and stuff like that. Um, not that our business is going to like fully get away from that, but it gives me like a really big business to focus on. Um, that I feel really good about that is, is just different than everything else that's going on right now. Um, which is, is something that's like super, super cool about it too. Yeah. There's um, it's, it is, it is a, it is a, the way I, I deal with that, by the way, is I don't play that game. Like my Instagram will go weeks without being updated. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I just, I just don't, I'm not interested in, in like building that. And the cool thing is, I think the people who follow me understand that. So like when yeah. something does pop up, we have great conversations. People understand it. They see something cool. They like it. And then, you know, they wait another week or 10 days until I have something else that's interesting to share. Or I want to talk about, but yeah. like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not maximizing, you know, presence. I'm not looking for as, you know, the, the most engagement I can. I'm not trying to build like a Twitter following that's going to like, you know, fund a yacht for me in the future. Like none of that is important to me at all. Like, yeah. you know, uh, if I, it, I, I feel poisoned by it every time I interact with it in some way, shape or form. I totally agree. And this, um, you know, I've been probably over the last year, I've been, just hyper aware of that, of how many great businesses existed before Instagram. And it's not like all those businesses saw Instagram and were like, this is the thing. Like we're, we're shifting gears completely now. Like they just kept going and then they used it. Um, and some people that have maximized social media for tons of money and we, we know who they are. Like I'm so effing proud of them. Absolutely. Like so proud of them. And, but I also, and it's, it's been, there's parts of that that's been hard because I'm like good friends with them. And I'm like, man, like, did I not do something? But then I realized like, I don't want that. Like it looks awesome and I'm sure it is, but my life is very, very different than that. And I feel that poison too. Like when you, when you're just trapped in it and you're like, I gotta get out. And now this, this opportunity has, um, it's just, it has an opportunity. We have the opportunity to like do something that's very different than the way that everybody is doing something. And that's something that that's really important to me that we were kind of paving our own path and in, in doing it in a way that doesn't exist right now. Yeah, that is super cool. I, I think, I think, uh, the serendipity involved makes it even cooler. Like the story behind it makes it even cooler. I was yeah. not aware of any of those details. That's very cool. That's very fun to hear. Um, but I'm actually, like I said earlier, very, very pumped for you. I'm excited to Thanks, see man. how this goes. I'm proud of you for all like the work you've put in to like turn it into this. Cause you know, you can get as lucky as you want, but if you're not ready for that, it's, it doesn't matter. And you were, you know, prepared to take advantage of opportunities as they came up. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Thanks, man. This is how how can how's the i mean it, it so you said the release date is in three weeks what's the exact release date uh so we are projected to go on the shelves on november 4th uh but just due to um 
a bunch of like Walmart things. We've been told that the ninth, the week after is a better date. There's like a transition week um, where everything old gets removed and everything new comes in. And they were like, it's just safer to go the week after. So you, people don't think it's old stuff. And, um, but yeah, we're LA, uh, one store in Orange County. Um, it's like, this is going to be, this is going to lose everybody except you. What was, where was Max Fernandez's gym? South County. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That spot. I saw I that and I was heard, like, Max Fernandez. I, I haven't heard Max Fernandez's name in probably since the last time you and I spoke, like it's been, <laughs> it's like, it's, that's, that's a, that is a throwback. We lost everybody. Yeah. Um, every time I, I see the name of that town though, I'm like, Oh, I know one person from there. <laughs> I lived in weights in this warehouse there once. Um, and then yeah, Chula Vista national city in San Diego, uh, Palm Springs. We have three or four locations and then all of Vegas. We just were crushing Vegas. Um, which is really cool. Dude, that's awesome. I'm pumped for you, dude. Congratulations, Thanks, man. I'm so stoked we got to do this. I, we could sit here for like three hours and make jokes. Yeah, this so could awesome. never end. This could never end. <laughs> and it, we honestly, we should just do it again. Like we should just, do it. Like, like I said, you, you, you sell like 2 million units. We get together and we celebrate, pop some bubbly and we're sick. I'll tell you about all the cool Walmart stories. That we yes. just never knew we're going to be a thing. Walmart stories. <laughs> like, dude, what you don't know about Bentonville, Arkansas, is when you hit gold in the Walmart and they take you to the next level, the whole city opens up. Dude, I went to the first Walmart, the five and dime. Did they? Did you really? Yeah. Dude. I did the whole thing. I ate at Sam Walton's uh, ice cream parlor. Oh, my God. Went on the whole thing. The video's coming out. It's so rad. We're... Uh, uh, if there's anything that I really want people to do, if you, uh, obviously go out and I mean, they're $9 and 48 cents, go buy three of them. It's still cheaper than buying programs, put them in everyone's stocking. Like I, I'm on, on a very real level. I've been helping people get their deadlift up 10 pounds for the last, I started probably coaching people what seven, eight years before I even opened a gym when just my friends wanted help. Um, and it's always been about making people stronger and all about getting people leaner so they can see their abs. And I feel like right now, um, there isn't some like big calling, but we have this real cool opportunity to like influence the way people see training that have never seen real strength training before and never been, they've never had an exercise scientist sit down and write a program for them. Somebody that's been doing this and has a master's degree, like Doug's, he's good at what he does. He's been doing it for over a decade, probably longer than that. Since he was 14, 15 years old, he's been writing programs. And um, everything that's going into it is, is it's, it's everything that Barbell Shrugged can possibly bring to the table from the media side of things. Um, a lot of the show that we're going to be creating in the future is going to be shifting from kind of this higher level conversation to a more complete conversation to bring people up to speed on just these basic concepts and then how they can be applied to higher level thinking, but without confusing the hell out of the general population. And I'm, I'm not Mr. We're going to solve the world's problems, but it's really weird to think that 42% of our country is, is obese. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with the number of kids that are, eating poorly. And if you just go to a park and look at people or you go to the airport and you walk around and see people, it's, there's like a really big problem. And I'm, I'm very committed to like helping and, and being a part of that conversation. Um, but it's, it's, it's also one of those things where I am, we're opening a door. I have no idea what's on the other side of that door but I'm so stoked to find out how many people we can actually help and how many people we can do something to, because there's going to be something I'm going to meet somebody that's going to go, yo, this six week program changed my life. Not because I PR'd my deadlift by 15 pounds, but because I like got out of having type two diabetes and now I'm like a real dad. And now I can really go and play with my kids and that moment's going to be really, really cool. And the only way that we can do that is by getting people to the stores and, and buying the programs and doing them and, and really being on our team about this 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of people and it's going to take a lot of the CrossFit space to rally around a company right now to, to help us get this thing moving. Um, and once we are able to expand and grow into thousands of stores around the country, um, the number of doors that are going to open and the people we're going to be able to help is going to be insane. I'm looking forward to it, dude. Be the change. So, I like it, man. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Have a good one, dude. You too.